In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. Top of the morning. And uh, let's start, as always, by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. When we pray the beautiful prayer, the Hail Holy Queen, at the end of the rosary, we also invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's invite Mary to be with us and pray the prayer that she loves most. And that prayer that Mary loves most is the Hail Mary, also known as the Angelic Salutation. So together, let's pray the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And now we want to invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the, is the Holy Spirit. Among them, many wonderful titles for the Holy Spirit are the following. The Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. He's also known as the gift of gifts. The Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. The Holy Spirit works on us as our counselor. Our counselor, but also our consoler. The Holy Spirit also works on us In this special way, the Holy Spirit is our interior master, our interior master. That means that he he teaches us how to pray. We all struggle at times with our prayer life. But the key is perseverance. In the words of Teresa of Avila, we should have a determined determination to never give up prayer, as this great saint says. So, the Holy Spirit, St. Paul says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So together let's pray the classical prayer of the Holy Spirit. That prayer is, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. 
And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Claude de la Colombière, pray for us. Saint Margaret Mary Alacoc, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. While God's angels and saints pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So we welcome you all, and as always, I'd like to pray for all of you. And place you on the altar. That would be Lisa, Antonio, Estella, Mary, Joe, Sophia, Bev, Mark, all of you who are already posting your wonderful, encouraging comments, as well as the many other people that are following us on their phone, online on their computer, however it might be. Cecilia Ann. So, I'm going to place all of you on the altar right now in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass that I will be praying, as always, and it will be the Mass this evening. So I'll place all of you on the altar. And I'd like to place all of your intentions on the altar because, my friends, there's no greater prayer than the Mass, and to have a priest offering special intentions for you, there's a special power in that. So, let's be humbly grateful for this. And the intentions will be, I'd like to pray uh, that all of us would make a, a renewed effort to be more docile to the workings of the Holy Spirit. That's right, to be more docile to the workings of the Holy Spirit. In a real sense, our, our sanctification depends in large part on being docile to the Holy Spirit. This is a prayer that I invite all, uh, all of us to say. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come 
through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be, I'd like to pray for all of your family members, especially those who are, are not following God the, the way they really should be. And we know who they are. That, like the prodigal son, that they would return to the loving embrace of the Eternal Father. God the Father always has His arms open, but for many reasons, many prefer to avoid those embracing, loving arms of the Eternal Father. Let's pray that they come back. Let's pray that they come back. Come back. Blessings on all of you and to Angela also who has just tuned in. And uh, I'd also like to pray, as you know my custom is, I'd like to pray for the, for the dying today. You know my friends, St. Catherine of Siena says the two most important moments in our life are now and at the hour of our death. Because we only have now And the moment we die will determine for all eternity our destiny. Either we will be saved or we'll be lost. So, those who are dying today, perhaps many of them are not prepared. Let's pray that they would be given the grace of final repentance, final penitence. So, my friends, those are my are my intentions. Now, I'm going to say something surprising to you as we start off our conversation today, where we have the Book of Genesis once again, and we have Jesus working a great miracle. But today, it's not on the universal calendar. But today is the the memorial of Saint Claude de la Colombière. And technically, my first name is is Claude Edward Brome the Third. So technically, my first name is Claude. So it's really my feast day today. This is not a a universal saint, but I just I'd like to say a few words on him and pray. Uh, I'll pray for me, uh, being by, as they say in Italian, onomastico, my saint's day. The other would be Edward, which would be October the thirteenth is the is the feast day of Edward the Confessor. So all of all of us should know when our when our feast day is. So technically, this would be my saint. I'll just give you a just a brief just a brief uh, note on this uh, saint. Actually, I really feel that he's uh, he's not as he's not known as well as I think he should be. For this reason, that if you look in the background, I have an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook. And on the other part of my studio, we have the Sacred Heart of Jesus. 
And most of you have a Sacred Heart of Jesus in your homes. I think you do. You probably do. Now, if it were not for St. Claude de la Colombière, perhaps these apparitions would have never been approved. Why do I say this? Because St. Margaret Mary Cook uh, was seen by many in her convent as hysterical, as clumsy, as unintelligent, as kind of awkward, weird. So, the fact that Jesus would choose someone like her, that seemed to be the least, was simply not believed by many in the convent. Many in the convent. It was hysteria. It was a figment of her imagination. She didn't really see it. It could have been the devil tricking her. So, what we have is Jesus appearing to her, and here you have one of the apparitions. Jesus appears to St. Margaret Mary Cook and says, Behold the heart that loves so much and has received only coldness, indifference, and gratitude in return. So to give her credit, God sent as her confessor, Claude de la Colombière. He was a, a French priest, a Jesuit priest. He had been overseas to England. He had come back to France. He was designated to be the confessor of the convent of nuns, the visitation nuns in what is called Paris-la-Monial. And Margaret Mary opened up her her heart to him and he recognized that these apparitions from the Sacred Heart were authentic. That this humble nun was truly having apparitions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, it was through his intervention that these apparitions were eventually accepted. And if you read through his life, it's fascinating. Some of you know what holy indifference is. Not to prefer a long life to a short life, health over sickness, Riches over poverty, honors over humiliations, but to choose what is most what is most propitious and efficacious for our salvation. Remember, once reading his life, and one one thing he said on prayer, I always kind of cringe at it. He said it's. 
a better sign of holiness to uh, allow yourself to have aridity than to be just inundated with consolations. Now, I say that with fear and trembling. Because I think we all we all experience consolation in our holy hour, at least to a certain extent. But Claude de la Colombière was saying basically that in consolation we can be deceived into thinking that we're really perhaps on a holier plane than we really are. Whereas you're praying with aridity, the prayer is purified, it's noble, and it's done out of pure love because we're not really getting, we don't really feel like we're getting anything out of it. So what I'm trying to say is this, in the teaching of St. Claude de la Colombière, that when we have to go through moments of aridity or dryness or desert experience, we shouldn't become discouraged but recognize that this is part and parcel of growing in our spiritual life. Aridity, dryness, going through a desert experience, that's uh, it's like the Israelites going through the desert. Our Lord was in the desert. We'll be entering next Wednesday into into um, Lent. So that's a point I think that we should reflect upon. If we go through a prayer period of aridity, we should become discouraged, but recognize that the Lord allows that. And pray that when the Lord sends His consolation, that we would we would uh, receive it with great humility and, and gratitude. One last point I'd like to highlight is the importance of spiritual direction. All of you should have all of you should have some type of spiritual direction, periodic spiritual direction, because it's very easy, my friends, to be deceived by the enemy. As St. Paul says, the devil can the devil can disguise himself as an angel of light. The devil can disguise himself as an angel of light. That's right, the devil can disguise himself as an angel of light. Now look at this. St. Margaret Mary Lecoq. St. Teresa of Avila. St. Faustina Maria Kowalska. St. Catherine of Siena. All of these great saints, mystics of the church, they all had they all had proper spiritual direction. So I say that because we can easily be deceived. We do not pursue our holy hour and don't have some type of orientation 
very easy very easy for us to to be deceived and it's true we all have blind spots we think we know ourselves but we really have a lot of blind spots and maybe for many years it ever happened you're cleaning out your room or your house and there in the corner there was a a dust ball that was probably there for 20 years and you didn't come to awareness of it until you had some spring cleaning or you're really trying to clean out the house well I think we have some dust balls we've got some dust balls hidden in their inner recesses of our consciences that have to be enlightened by God's grace and by adequate periodic spiritual direction so I thought that I would start off our conversation by talking about Saint Claude de la Colombière the spiritual director of the great Saint Margaret Mary Ella Cook let's pray for spiritual directors that we would have good spiritual directors we have about 35 spiritual directors in our parish 35 lay spiritual directors in our parish that have gone through a three-year preparation process and it's great help it's great help because we as priests we don't have that much time so we have these lay spiritual directors that become our hands and our feet and they work under our supervision so let's be thankful that we have spiritual direction and the fact that we have really good lay spiritual directors that are helping people are people to be faithful to their daily holy hour to their daily holy hour all right my friends there's a lot to cover today as always the first reading today is taken once again from the book of Genesis yesterday God was very grieved because the people had turned their hearts away from God they had fallen into idolatry to sensuality to sinfulness and God grieved for even having created for having created mankind so God decided that he would chastise all of humanity because there was a family that was faithful to God and that was family was Noah his wife his two sons and daughter-in-laws so God told Noah to build an ark so Noah started building an ark and the people were laughing and making fun of Noah because Noah had made the prophecy that there would be a deluge people laughed at Noah 
they actually mocked him. But they're mocking their derisive smiles would explode in their own face. Because once Noah entered into the ark with his family and a pair of animals, then it started to rain. And it rained. And it rained. And it rained. And it rained. And it rained for days on end. And as a result of that, all the living creatures on the face of the earth were destroyed. Men, animal, and even plants were totally destroyed. God sent a universal deluge or flood. So that was yesterday. And this came about because God was chastising the people for rejecting Him, pushing God out of their lives. It was a divine chastisement that, that basically erased the face of the earth of all life, except those within the ark. And in my teachings, I've taken that image of the Ark of Noah to be the church, which is the sacrament of salvation, as well as what is called the Benedictine Option and the Marian Option. The Benedictine Option in the Marian option are parallel. And I think it's worthy of explaining to you. What is the Benedictine option? Well, St. Benedict of Nursia being brought up and raised in a noble and a wealthy family was sent to Rome to study. But he was appalled at the immorality in Rome. His decision was to get up and flee from Rome and to seek refuge in a place where he would not be assaulted by so so many temptations to sin and to immorality. So he fled from Rome to Subiaco and lived in the cave. And eventually he's going to end up in Monte Cassino. There in Monte Cassino, Benedict will establish one of the most renowned religious orders in the church, obviously called Benedictines or dedicated to a life of prayer and penance and hard work and silence and solitude. That's the life 
of Benedict and the order that he established. One day you might even read the rule of St. Benedict. It's one of the most famous. It is the, the rule on which all religion, almost all religious life is built on the rule of St. Benedict. And he would be known as the father of Western monasticism. The father of Eastern monasticism would be St. Anthony of the Desert. So here's my connection. St. Benedict, the Benedictine option was to flee from the world and find refuge in silence, seclusion, meditation, personal prayer, communal prayer, and work also. Ora e labora is the motto of the Benedictines. How can we relate this to Mary and what is called the Marian option? The following. Never in the history of the world have we gone through more difficult times as the times that we're going through right now. And we all know it. We're going through many very hard and difficult times right now. The worldwide pandemic and the traces of this pandemic are still seen. It's not totally over. Wars, especially the war between Russians and Ukraine. It's already been more than a year. Many innocent people have died. In the United States, my friends, if I can be honest with you, if I can be really honest with you, Pope John Paul II, in one of his writings, speaking about sin, it said not only does sin exist, but sin can actually become institutionalized. What does that mean? Not simply an isolated sin, but a sin that has encrusted itself in the very institutions of the society. And that has happened in the United States. For that reason, I'm telling us that we have to, we have to seek refuge in Mary. We have to seek refuge in the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We have to seek refuge in the sacred heart of Jesus. This institutionalization of sin can be perceived with great concreteness, especially in three different institutions. And one would be in the social media. Even though you're tuning in to me now, 
Many on Facebook and others will tune in later on Facebook as well as my YouTube channel. I'm trying to preach the Word of God to you and to the whole world. However, in many different platforms, the enemy, the devil, is establishing his his abode. And one classical example is the Disney has always been a family oriented organization. But something as simple as Disney cartoons that are presenting two women with a child, two men with a child, trying to transform the the traditional biblical Judeo-Christian concept of family, which is the union of a man and woman blessed by the sacrament of holy matrimony for the benefit of the children. So look at it this way. If a mother is busy working, maybe in her office at home, and she has a six-year-old child that is tuned in to watching Disney cartoon where she sees two mothers and then two fathers, two mothers smiling at the, the child there, or two fathers smiling at the child and them hugging each other. What's going to happen to that six-year-old child So, what we have is the following. If a child is is seeing many, many hours of that, many, many hours of Two women and two men two men and two women then by seeing that over and over again that child is going to be brainwashed into believing Brainwash into believing that the traditional family
is an option, but the new type of family is between two women and two men. So this is becoming what John Paul II calls the institutionalization of sin. It's not just one sin, but it's a whole network of people, of ideologies that are militating against what God wants. I'd like to thank Bev for clarifying to Jade and how to get into my Facebook channel. So thank uh, Bev for specifying that. So we want as many people to tune in as possible, not to have any blocks. To, if there's maybe a blockage at Facebook, we can possibly go around that and, and tune into our program. So it's great to have some <coughs> technological experts that can help us to overcome these technical problems. So what I'm saying, my friends, and many of you are thanking me for this, especially Angela, is that not only sin is an isolated effect, but rather that it can become institutionalized, encrusted, might even say that the enemy himself has his, his tail, his presence in many areas, but especially in the social media. So we're trying to preach the Word of God on the radio waves, the Facebook waves, the YouTube waves, thankful because a couple months ago I had had um, it was like four four million views during the month on YouTube because one of my talks on gender confession went viral and many people were were tuning into my talk on the gender confession so my friends we're trying to do our best with your help to preach the word of God to the four ends of the earth, far and wide. So I thank your help and your support in this area. What I'm doing today, my friends, related to Noah's Ark and the Blessed Virgin Mary, is I'm presenting to you, we're, we're kind of living in a, in a time like Noah. God promised that he would never that he would never destroy the earth universally as in, in the time of Noah but we are living in difficult times in the time of Noah there was great immorality and none of us can deny none of us can deny my friends None of us can deny that we're living in times of great immorality as, as in the time of Noah. Who, 
Who would have ever thought, my friends, when that in first grade that a first grade teacher would be telling a boy that he can choose to become a girl, a girl can choose to become a boy. They can choose their own sexual orientation. Who would have ever thought that a 14-year-old could go to a hospital and have a biological sex change? Who would have ever thought about that when we were brought up and raised? It would, have, it would have never crossed my mind. But these are the tough times in which we're living. And for this reason, I'm talking about the Benedictine option and I'm talking about the Marian option. That's right. I'm talking about the Benedictine option and the Marian option. If you're just tuning in, the, the Benedictine option, St. Benedict sought refuge in a cave and eventually in the formation of a monastery to flee from the worldliness that was present there in, in Rome, in this, one of the centers of learning back 1,500 years ago. Another place of the institutionalization, the institutionalization of sin and the devil himself would be would be in many respects in the political arena. Who would have ever thought? that a Catholic president would promote far and wide promote far and wide the reality of abortion. Who would have ever thought about thought about that? And to try to pump in millions of dollars into Planned Parenthood, which is the biggest promoter of abortion in the world. Who would have ever thought about that? And abortion. You've heard me talk about this many times. The biggest moral evil in our country is abortion. And the second biggest moral evil in our country is the whole... the whole sexual identity, transgender, LGBTQ ideology that's been promoted being promoted militantly now in our country. For that reason, my friends, with our confirmation program, we are preparing our young people, we're preparing our young people we are preparing our young people On the feast day, March 19th, to make then a promise of chastity. It's going to be a very beautiful, very, very beautiful celebration, May 19th, uh, March 19th, on the feast day of St. Joseph, the husband of Mary. We're going to be giving the girls a ring with the miraculous medal. And these, these, 
girls will have this ring. They're going to be wearing that ring. Such that on the day they promise chastity to avoid having sexual relationships with anyone until the day of their wedding. So on the day of their wedding, they give that to their husband, having lived a life of virginity. That is our intention. And I think it's very beautiful. So over the past four weeks, I've been giving talks to the young people on the virtue of chastity. Right now, I'm going through a, a, a talk that I've written on Our Lady of Fatima and what she said related to this topic. And I'm taking a long time to explain that the Lady of Fatima that the Lady of Fatima said this, most souls are lost. Most souls go to hell because the sins against the sixth and ninth commandment, against the virtue of chastity. And later on to Jacinta, Our Lady said that many marriages are not good. Why? Many marriages are not good because they're not rooted in love for God but many marriages are rooted in that of lust. The gospel last Sunday, my friends, was very powerful. Very powerful. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, You've heard it said of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, but I say to you, whoever looks with lust at a woman has already committed adultery against her in his heart. And yes, we will have this program of chastity for the girls as well as the boys at the same time. These are the words of Christ. And Jesus went on to say, and this is very powerful, if your eye is an occasion of sin to you, Pluck it out. Better to enter into eternal life with one eye than to be cast into hell with two eyes. If your hand is an occasion of sin to you, cut it off. Better to enter into life with one hand than to enter into Gehenna, the eternal fire, with both hands. If your foot is an occasion of sin to you, cut it off. Better to enter into life with one foot than to be cast into Gehenna, where the fire is never extinguished and the worm dies not. 
So my friends, what we're doing is we're talking about Noah's Ark and Mary is the, is the modern Noah's Ark as well as the church. As Benedict sought refuge in silence, in prayer, in solitude, in fasting, so we must seek refuge in the church as well as the heart of Mary. Now, I mentioned the institutionalization of sin in the mass media, the social media, by these messages that are sent far and wide, even to children, presenting marriage between two women or two men. Then they're adopting a child taking away the innocence of a child. Jesus said the scandals will enter into the world, but woe to those. These are strong words. Woe to those who scandalize the innocent ones. Better for them to be cast into the depths of the sea with a millstone around their neck than to scandalize one of these little ones. Strong words. Strong words. Then the third area of institutionalization of sin would be in the academic arena. I've already made allusion to that. in which this whole idea of the transgender ideological agenda is being forced upon our children. Being forced upon our, our innocent children. It's not just one individual principal of a school, but is becoming a universal national agenda. How can a little child that's six or seven years old defend himself against a 50-year-old teacher that's presenting the transgender platform? by word, by music, by picture, by video, by Instagram, by platforms. How on earth can a little innocent child defend himself against this onslaught of evil? So I really see there's a parallel, my friends, There's a parallel, my friends, between Noah and the time in which Noah lived and the times that we live. The time of Noah, God was forgotten. God was pushed aside. 
God was derided. God was mocked. God was not taken into account. That happened in the time of Noah. And God put up with this up to a certain point and then God said, that's enough. We cannot make a fool out of God. We cannot make a fool out of God. So I'm giving you a very powerful talk today related to Noah entering the ark, the deluge, the destruction of all living beings. Noah, his wife, his children, his daughters-in-law, and the animals seeking refuge in the ark that was built by Noah. I'm giving you an analogy and an invitation. Noah was saved by the ark. We have to find refuge in these two arks. These two arks, my friends, are the Catholic Church. Many people today say, I read the Bible, I admire Jesus Christ, I love to read the Gospels. But then you hear this, but I really don't like the church. I don't like the church. See, the church is filled with hypocrites. And they'll often say, well, there's room for one more, why don't you come in? Because we're all hypocrites. We're all Pharisees at times. We don't live up to the high call of Christ. We fall. But should, should we fall, then we should get up. No chepi. If we fall, we should get up. And then we have to seek refuge not only in the church and the sacramental life, but we have to seek refuge, my friends, in the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I know, my friends, this is a very strong talk related to Noah, the ark, the deluge, the destruction of all the world. I know it's a strong talk. But, my friends, these are words of comfort. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And Jesus says, be of good cheer because I have conquered the world. And Our Lady of Fatima said this, and these are words of great comfort. 
related to the marrying option. Mary said, in the end, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. So you might even send this talk to some of your friends. I think it's a very pertinent talk. A lady said, in the end, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. So let us, Let us, my friends, the marrying option, let us seek refuge in the sacred heart of Jesus and in the immaculate heart of Mary. May God bless you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.